The Lord be with you. A reading from 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God. And God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. God is love. I'd like us to journey back to the old stories of our childhood. Or of our children's childhood. Back to the Disney movies and children books of the past. The story that is on my mind is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. In this story, there exists an evil queen who is quite obsessed with how the world might see her in the image that she projects to the world. In her possession is a magic mirror, a mirror that she can look into and see herself and yet also ask her heart's deepest desires. The mirror always responds with an answer. And she has a daily routine. Every morning, the evil queen would look upon the mirror and ask the same burning question. Magic mirror in my hand, who is the fairest in the land? Or mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the prettiest of them all? Of course, the evil queen wanted to see herself as the fairest person in the land, the most beautiful person of all. She is obsessed with her image. The mirror helps her to imagine herself as the most beautiful person in all the land, the thing that she desires more than anything else. And as long as she is convinced that this is her reflection, she is content in life. 
And then one day the mirror shares that Snow White is a thousand times more fair. Her truly evil side comes out and a giant plot emerges to rid the world of Snow White in her reign as the world's most beautiful woman. Of course, it's a Disney movie and the story ends well. But there's a truth about the evil queen that hits far too close to home. We want to know who we are and to see the image we reflect upon the world. The idea of looking in a mirror with a desire to see something we want to be runs true. and is a powerful image of what it means to be human. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, who do we see? Do we look at the blemishes and the scars or the thousands of freckles that cover our face? Do we see the cheeks that are too full or too skinny or a smile that won't quite form the right way? Do we see hair that won't part or do what it is told? Or do we look into the eyes of a person who has failed one too many times, that has made too many mistakes? Or are we too scared to spend too much time looking at ourselves because of how unsettling it is. It is likely that we might see images of parents or grandparents, a mixture of the physical features and the characteristics that we both adore and sometimes demise. These attributes that live in tension provide a complex image of who we are. We are a product of our biological parents in the way that we look And our faces carry the marks and stories of those people who have been a part of our story. Our loved ones, our friends, parents, or grandparents. When we look into the mirror, it is possible for us to see an image of not only who we were and where we came from, but who we have become. This can carry a sense of relief or hope. And yet it can also embody fear and anxiety. The God that we encounter in John, in 1 John chapter 4, is God as an image of love. God embodies love. God is love. In John's words, God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this. And if God is love, then what does the image of God look like? This is our first question.
The first creation story in Genesis is an illustration of God's order in this world. God creates with purpose. God separates the heavens and the earth. God creates plants and animals and all living beings. The story helps us to see order, connection, and purpose. And then God, in the, in the later part of the first chapter of Genesis, God creates humanity in God's image. We hear a reflection of this creation story in the first chapter of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. God's image became flesh and lived with us and among us. The idea of the incarnation is that God's image is still among us, still creating, redeeming, and sustaining. Do we still see the image we have created for God in this world? What happens when we look in the mirror? If we were to look again in the mirror, Where do we see the image of God? What feelings does this stir up? Are we okay with this? Does this invite worry or concern or resolve or grace? So the second question is, how would my life be different if I could see love as the primary attribute of who I am and how I am called to be. It is also in John's Gospel that the followers of Jesus have an earthly encounter with the risen Christ. Mary is weeping outside the tomb in John chapter 20. No one has yet to encounter the risen Christ. The tomb is empty and Simon Peter and the other disciple are shocked. Mary is in tears. She encounters a man she mistakes for the gardener. Maybe the image that Mary sees is a man who has worked hard his whole life, who is weathered from hours every day in the sun, and his hands in the dirt. 
Maybe she sees a man whose appearance reflected a life of challenges and experiences. And yet she soon realizes that this man is really Jesus. It isn't at first a recognition, but she comes to see the incarnate God in the person she encounters. The disciples have a similar experience later with the man they encounter on the road. After a long day of travel and a meal and the breaking of bread, they begin to see the teacher and friend, Jesus, in the man that they have been sharing a meal with and have traveled the day's journey. It takes some time, but they begin to see God right there in their midst, a person they had so deeply loved. At the conclusion of John's Gospel, Thomas needs even more interaction. He has to place his fingers in the hands of a person he encounters in the upper room. It takes effort and work for Thomas to see the divine and the human person he has met. It does not happen immediately. Our third question for tonight How can I work to see love in each earthly human person I encounter? When we encounter Jesus and John, we encounter the power and transformation of love. We hear over and over in life that people, people talking about falling in love at first sight. I often wonder if that's really the attribute or emotion or an emotion or attraction or infatuation. Real love takes time. It is something that is built upon day upon day, year upon year, through action and gift and sacrifice and disappointment and mutual stories. We have a term for this process of building love, which we commonly call falling in love. It's one of the terms that the brothers use in your journal. John elicits a sense of falling in love with God. How might we see our lives as the journey of falling in love with God? What must we do with our lives to live this way? How should we be? How must we act? So our final question tonight, and I'll invite you to sit a little bit in silence and then feel free to discuss at your tables before calling our time together to an end.
how can we be a part of this love story to fall in love with God and, and learn to be in relationship with, with each other and our fellow human beings?